me just turn up my volume here a little bit. Hello, Stacey, and welcome. Hello there. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. So I'm doing great. I do want to know about the puppies, though. Everybody loves puppies, and they would like to know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm babysitting a couple of dogs today. So I actually have pet rats. They're much quieter. <laughs> okay, what is it like having a pet rat? I mean, they're kind of cute, so I'm not like they against They are them. very cute, actually. Yeah, I have Dumbo rats. So they're like, they have little round ears oh, and long whiskers. They're very oh. cute. Oh my God, that's so cute. So you are so amazing. I mean, you're a film director, you're a book writer, you do so many things in the arts and, um, you know, you're really into horror as a category. So that's I think, right. um, I want to know, how did Stacy get into horror? Uh, well, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom and dad actually were both into the horror genre. Um, my dad loved old universal monster movies and um, my mom was more into thrillers and stuff like that. So I guess it's just from introduced from an early age. I remember when I was about 10 or 11, picking up one of my mom's Stephen King novels and reading it. Okay, so you got very inspired by because like I saw some of your book covers. and I was like, wow, like you got like the skull. The new one is like this like red skull. I was like, that is so freaking cool. And <laughs> I am not I would say somebody who's necessarily so much into horror, but the red skull has me intrigued because I think it's really cool. Like you're putting like a story into things. It's really fun. Um, and, you know, mad respect. That's awesome. So I think that um, book writing, many people definitely would want to know, like, what goes into that? Like, what goes into the mind of Stacy to formulate these stories that definitely horror is like a hard thing because you could maybe freak people out or you could really make them go oh that's a mystery that's interesting that's cool uh no actually my horror is mostly comedy based so it's got you know some laughs and some scares and also hopefully some thought-provoking things uh the first movie that i directed is called cabaret of the dead and it's about bloodthirsty zombies versus burlesque dancers in hollywood so it's fun you Did know it turn out like good? <laughs> fun and scary for sure um, but in terms of what goes into writing a book, it really depends on what kind of book it is. Uh, my new book is nonfiction, and it's uh, part of my Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. The other books are fiction, and this is nonfiction, and it's about true crime related to rock music and rock stars of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And for that, you really have to have an outline and decide what you're going to write about and how you're going to present the information um, so I have different chapters broken up into different types of tragedies, like the 27 Club or some of the plane crashes that, you know, that's kind of a thing, rock stars and plane crashes. Yeah. Um, so for that, yes, I did have to write out an outline and figure out how I wanted to do it. With fiction, it's a little more freeform for me. Some authors do like to put an outline together and know where the story is going to go. But for myself, I kind of like to come up with a cool title and maybe have an ending in mind and then just see where the muse takes me. That's actually really cool because it's, it's raw talent. You know, some people have it, some people don't, but you're just, you do it. Now, um, I did check out your Age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, wow. <laughs> you know, the opening when he's like dancing, I was like, okay and then when I see like like he's coming back and like he's like singing I'm like wow that's like 
the mind it's incredible so um is that a new one is that one that like you know I definitely would love to know more about that one yeah that is one of my few non-horror uh genre outputs um so that's my latest movie that I co-wrote with my friend Darren Gordon Smith and he's a very talented person who wrote all the music for it and I guess the best way for me to describe it for most people um, would be weird science meets Oliver Stone's The Doors, you know, meets Get Him to the Greek, because it's about a rock star who was uh, alive in the 1960s in the psychedelic era, and he happened to run afoul of uh, an electrical current, so he got electrocuted on stage, and so his physical being dies, but he bolts himself up into the stratosphere, his spirit, and it comes back to life in modern times as an avatar uh, through a computer programmer who is a fan of his music. So it, it's kind of fun coming together between a modern woman and a 1960s kind of chauvinistic rock star guy. And they have to, it's kind of an odd couple sort of thing. Yeah, I, I saw part of the, the trailer where like they're in bed and she's kind of like, <laughs> like she's like experiencing the real like reality of what it would be like. <laughs> right. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, you know, a sexy rock star that she's always, you know, fantasized about uh, his music and how handsome he is and everything. But when he comes to life, he really is a product of the 50s and 60s and needs to learn a little bit about life in the modern world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I think when you think about it, um, Rebel Wilson just did this movie where it was kind of, I don't know if it's like the same, but she... Um, she was a cheerleader and she, um, well, she died. <laughs> she was doing like this cheerleading stunt and like she, she was in a coma for 20 years and then she woke up and the nineties compared to like 2022 is totally different. So kind of like, you know, it's like a culture shock in many ways. Do you delve into psychology and stuff? Cause like, it sounds like you talk a lot about like that sort of stuff a little bit. I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch what you said. Do you go into like psychology and stuff with uh, the things you do? Because there's like an undertone a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. I'm extremely interested in what motivates people to do the things they do and also to kind of see how culture and um, uh, like pop culture, how it shapes us um, right now. We're certainly in a very politically correct world. <laughs> Um, and yet there's also the other extreme of that with social media where people can say whatever they want and often do. So it's very interesting for me to have explored that in the second age of Aquarius, the film, um, just to see how two people might get along that, you know, both have a love of music, but they don't have a whole lot else in common. And so, but they do, they evolve, uh, both of them evolve in a sort of a psychological way toward the end of the film and find a common ground. Are you working on any new uh, projects right now? Uh, actually, I'm about to dive right into oh. Rock and Roll Nightmares, True Stories, Volume 2, because I had so many amazing stories to tell awesome. in the first one that um, I want to do some more. And the first book is doing really well. It's uh, It came out on May 4th, so it's only been out for three or four weeks, and it's been a number one bestseller in the music section of Amazon.com. Awesome. Yeah, that's the one that you noticed. I'll, I'll hold it up so you can. This oh, wait, you got it. Wait, skull. is that the one that I, you were like, oh my God, I need to have it in the, okay, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. is the one that caught my eye, by the way. I was like, 
even if you're not into like horror or anything, it's it's a work of art that, you know, I collect things. I would love to display something like that. It's beautiful. So very cool. Um, okay, this one's going to be kind of weird. So okay. I know that you, <laughs> you're like, I'm ready for anything. Please, I got my frames on. I'm good, which I have my frames over there. So don't tempt me. <laughs> but um, when it comes to like murder, mystery and stuff like that, writing about that do you like have to like toe a line between not trying to offend people and also keeping you know the the gist of a story like is it hard to write something like that especially when it could be factual stories about people who have died oh exactly I do try to keep things factual um for my rock and roll nightmares true stories for example Mm -hmm. I do talk about that in the introduction that I'm not making any suppositions I'm not going off into conspiracy theory territory Mm -hmm. or anything like that I wanted to keep it to what we can find in police reports or um through coroner's reports or things that have been published in reputable newspapers Mm -hmm. but there still are some really interesting um almost maybe cosmic or supernatural connections between some of the stories that I found. Um, For instance, Buddy Holly, who was an early pioneer in rock and roll, he died in a plane crash. And there's almost a curse that sort of followed that. Uh, People who sang his songs either wound up, you know, dying (laughs) in strange ways. Uh, One person who did a tribute concert to Buddy Holly uh, several years after his death sang one of his songs and then he went home and killed himself. So there's like some weird almost like connections that way, but I try to also present it in a more factual manner. Yeah. Um, Yeah, when you're talking about true crime or murder mysteries, yeah, that kind of thing. He's totally into it. He is totally into it. Uh, so yeah, I do try to try to keep it factual as much as I can, but I also want it to be entertaining and, and interesting to read. So I like to pepper in some of the more spicy theories and facts too. Have you had issues with that? Because like I know you mentioned a little bit about social media. So have you had issues with people being a little like not understanding? Uh, no, luckily I've been pretty really okay. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've so far remained unscathed. Although you know, of course, with any type of art, whether you're doing a movie or a book, you're going to get some bad reviews or people who just don't get it. Um, but I've been pretty lucky in that mostly I am connecting with the people who like what I'm doing. Definitely. Um, your dogs seem very interested. <laughs> in <this>, by the <laughs> way, <laughs> like future bloodhounds. I can't even. I know, right? Uh, oh. Well, they're not my dogs. If they were mine, they'd be, <laughs> they'd be a little more. <laughs> okay. So if you weren't like, you know, an author or somebody who, you know, filmmakes, what would Stacey be doing? Um, well, there's a few different things that I would love really? to Really? Okay, cool. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, one would, I'd love to uh, find and restore antiques because I love history mm-hmm. and I love beautiful things. So that would be really interesting for me to do. Um, I used to really be into carousel horses, real carousel horses, uh, you know, that were old from the 1800s. Oh, they're beautiful. The antique gold and everything. Oh my God, stop. So pretty. Yeah. And then sometimes you see pictures of them where they've been left out to the elements or, you know, their paint is all chipped off and it would be really great to be able to restore beautiful items like that back to their original glory. 
Oh my God, that's such a fun hobby. I mean, I, I could tell you're into like things like that. So I'm not like shocked, but I'm like, that's so cool. I mean, there's so many collectors out there who um, do this type of stuff and maybe don't like necessarily talk about it because some people, they collect things like I'm a doll collector and people, they don't really understand the meaning. Um, you know, I am somebody who definitely with social media have had crazies so um you know you sharing this type of stuff i know it might not seem like much but it actually does make a difference to people to hear uh what your hobby is what you love to do and it's really fun so i would love to know what your advice is to any young people out there who um are inspired by you uh well Let's see. I think my best advice to anybody who wants to either write or direct films is to just do it. Don't wait for that right moment or don't wait until, you know, every all the stars are aligned or whatever. <laughs> I say dive in and do it, even if it's just a few minutes a day, if you want to write a book, um, just a couple paragraphs a day because these things don't write themselves. <laughs> so we have to do it. And um, I'd say that's it. I mean, just even if you don't feel like you're ready, just kind of at least dive in and have a little bit of fun with it. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece, but you have to start somewhere. I think that's so important. I think so many people get intimidated by maybe other pieces they see or or they read a book and they're like, oh my God, the cover's so good. Oh my God, it's written so good. And it's like, there's more to life than that. And it, sometimes it just starts with you taking that first chance and that first step. I think that's like, honestly, so incredible. Um, on a different note, I know this is like a spectrum away, but what is a hardship you have faced in your entire career that shaped you to be the person you are today? Um, well, if you're okay I, to share that. Yeah, I can't think of any offhand that was, you know, really debilitating where I've come through and survived. But um, I guess just uh, sticking with something because anytime you're an artist, you're working for yourself, yeah. there's going to be some really low points and there's going to be, you know, months or maybe even years where, you know, you're not doing well or you're not feeling inspired and you wonder, should I keep doing this? Um, but that really, you know, I call those the character building times. <laughs> and so when things are going well, you, you know, you have the grace to accept them and to understand that it's not always going to be great, but it's not always going to be terrible. So, you know, it's just kind of peaks and valleys when you're working on anything in an artistic endeavor. Stacy, what is your, your sign? Oh, uh, I'm a Virgo. Okay. And what's your rising? Pardon? What's your rising sign? Uh, I think it's Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, why am I vibing with you? Like in a different vibing way? Because I love Saggy. So I'm like, okay. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm actually born on the cusp of Leo and Virgo, but according to astrologists, I'm more of a Virgo. So I guess that's where I get my discipline. You know, I'm, I'm always, you know, very disciplined. I wake up in the morning, I, you know, get right to work and do my thing. So I'm in Aries <laughs> uh, with the Leo rising. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. But I do love Saggy, so you're good. I think you're more Leo. Okay, thank you. Um, anyways, just because Leos do love to be in the spotlight and, you know, with everything you've done, I'm just going to say, mm, I think you lean a little bit more there. <laughs> Maybe and a little yeah, just a little bit. Um, definitely, Stacey, I have loved having you on. I mean, 
you have done so many incredible things. I mean, your books, your your films. Um, I mean, you answered everything pretty straight on. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. You answered everything really straight on. Um, well, thanks so much for having me on. Yes, I, mean, of course. I love your show. I love what you're doing. And Thank I think you. it's great that, um, you know, you can really take the bull by the horns and do your own thing. You oh. don't have to wait for permission. You get your camera, you get your guest, and you've got a show and look at how popular it is. Thank you, Stacey. That's very kind of you.